2: Glad to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this man back. He's the uh, Pinal County Sheriff in uh, great uh, Pinal County, Arizona. It is Mark Lamb. Sheriff, how are you? Good to see you.
1: I'm doing good, Joe. Thanks for having me back on.
2: I really appreciate you coming back on. Uh, If you can, for the national audience, how far are you as the crow flies from, like, Phoenix?
1: We're about... 30, 40 miles, you know, I'm about 45, 50 minutes away from the airport, but my county is all the way between Phoenix and Tucson. So depending on which part of the my county you're in, you could be a couple hours away.
2: from. The wow. Airport. So it's, it's geographically a really big area.
1: My county is the size of the state of Connecticut. So a very natural. large. Um, we're about 50 miles off the border at it's closest point where the I-10 freeway crosses into my county is about 71 miles off the border.
2: So what's interesting is when I have you on and we talk about border issues, I always get some pinhead somewhere from New York or something who says, I looked it up, Pinal County's nowhere near the border. Well, that's BS because you actually border an Indian reservation. The reservation, if I understand what you told me before, straddles both Mexico and the United States. So people do come across through the reservation, and then you're the first county outside.
1: That's right. And I don't know. I've never claimed to be a border county, but we deal with border issues. Exactly. Uh, have to be on the border to have to deal with border issues. And these are camouflage clothes and drugs coming through and people in our desert. It's the same thing they deal with down on the border. So, like, yeah, that's we deal with the same thing. Actually, during Trump administration, because they were dealing with the problem effectively, I was having more uh, apprehension sometimes than the border counties
2: right. were. And, and the reason why is because you guys have these task forces and, and you're very serious about protecting the people of Pinal County. Since um, uh, we had Katie Hobbs take over, and again, Carrie Lake's still fighting. She's still in court. She's not quitting. But Katie Hobbs takes over and she tried to strip that money from sheriffs like you, th- that money that was being used for these task forces about the border. Was she successful in doing that or did the legislature stop that?
1: Yeah, I don't know if she's going to be able to, to do that because the money had already been allocated through last year's legislature. So um, I'm sure she's not going to include any more in the budget or she's going to try to stop that. But the legislature is definitely pushing back on that, fighting for it. Uh, I get that she may not like the vernacular, but there's no reason to take the money because this is valuable money for us as sheriffs to be able to stop Humans from being trafficked into our communities and drugs from being trafficked into our communities. So it's money that's desperately needed, and I hope she finds uh, that she sees the light there.
2: Get the Sheriff's Children's book. It's called The Adventures of Seymour Clues and Mr. Mouse. You can go to bravebooks.com to get that. Bravebooks.com. His website is americansheriff.com. Make sure you go and check that out. It's Sheriff Mark Lamb. Um, s- since we last spoke, Joe Biden went to the border. He really was at the border because we saw him next to the wall, the big, beautiful wall that was keeping him safe that he hated, right? Um, He went to the border. We saw night and day from Thursday to Saturday in El Paso where he went. El Paso, Texas was strewn with homeless illegals, with people who had no place to go, walking the streets, people drunk in the streets, going to the bathroom in the streets, suddenly when he showed up, it was all cleaned up. They would have us believe the border is getting better. And we keep hearing from Mayorkas and others that, oh, no, no, we, we've got, the border is secure. We, we've got operational control of the border. Mark, has it gotten better since, uh, since he visited the border? Is this just them playing make-believe? No, it's gotten worse. December was the worst month in the history. Um, January,
1: I, I haven't seen the final numbers, but I can't imagine it was any better. And every day, my numbers are not decreasing. And I was working last night um, and saw that we had a couple of uh, pursuits last night. Um, We're we're dealing with this stuff every day. My guys can go out and pull traffic stops all morning that involve human smuggling. We have had a 450% increase in the last two years of pursuits involving human smuggling. And we've had a 350% increase in traffic stops involving human smuggling in our county. So that's a huge number. And those statistics speak for itself, and they're not decreasing.
2: Mark, how does it work? If you stop a, a vehicle, or some one of your deputies stops a vehicle loaded full of illegal aliens, right, do you get to arrest them, detain them, and then adjudicate them like you would any normal criminal? Or are you required by law to turn them over to the federal government? So this is
1: infuriating for the average American, and it should be. But we have no jurisdiction over that because it's not a state law to against being in this country illegally it's a wow. federal law and the feds want to hold on to that they don't want you to be able to do anything but as a state so we have to call border patrol now the only people we could potentially charge might be the driver uh or if they're breaking any other law like for example we had a pursuit last night the driver and the passenger which were probably american citizens bailed out they had 10 illegals in their car wow. we turned the illegals over to border patrol um If the driver gets caught, we turn the driver over to Border Patrol, and oftentimes Border Patrol charges them federally. But most of the time, uh, they're then released by Border Patrol, given a court date from two to three years from now, and released into the public. So it's pretty frustrating.
2: I heard the number was about 95% never show up for the court date. We don't even know who the people are. They're going to be giving a fake name, and we're never going to find them again. It's maddening. But now there's this deal where they're giving them all parole and if you're on parole you're in the country legally is that in your mind is that just a game to make it look like the numbers are lower than they really are it is a game what they want to do is they make make you think first of all that the people were apprehended
1: if they tell you that you know we had 250,000 apprehensions last month they make you think that they caught you caught them before they caught into the came into the country which you did but then you released them into the country and so that is one of the problems and they're playing games with the numbers all day every day Um, And it's sad because the American people ultimately are paying the price
2: for it. You know, Mark, I think we discussed this last time. If if we did, I apologize for repeating it. But there are NGOs, non-governmental organizations, that are in Mexico right now signing people up for all of their asylum papers before they ever get to the border. And now you've got thousands and thousands of people who already have the legal right to be in America. So they're not counted either. Again, it's a numbers game, isn't it?
1: It is a numbers game. And they're gaslighting the American people. Um, And this is what they do to us all the time in the media and politics. They don't quite ever answer the give you the answer that is the truth. They give you some uh, uh, vernacular, you know, that that somewhat, you know,
2: resembles the truth. But they're just saying it so that they can just slip it right on by you. Right. Well, they're claiming a 97 percent decrease in traffic from certain countries, which is. Completely untrue. They're they're getting already processed in Mexico, so when they get to the border, they are legally at the border, even though they're illegally coming into into America. So they really are. It's the vernacular. They're playing games with, with what it sounds like. And those in the left are screaming from the highest mountain. Look, take, they cut back illegal entry by ninety seven percent, right? Because they illegally were, were were gonna come across, but we somehow. How? Did, let me ask you this. Maybe this is a dumb question. Maybe it's not. But as a, as a law enforcement officer, as somebody who's the the boss of that county sheriff's department. Can they take away the illegality of of an illegal move by some non-governmental organization? Like, it's almost to say, I'm in Mexico, Mark, and I want to go rob a bank in in Arizona. Maybe if you adjudicate me in, in, in Mexico, I'm no longer illegally making that withdrawal. Somehow I'm legal. That's what, kind of what they're doing, and it's not even a governmental agency. They didn't go through the Pinal County Sheriff's Office. It's some um, Catholic charities or something uh, that that's right. deciding that they're, they're going to be coming here, and they're claiming asylum before they ever get to the to the border. It's right. a game, well, isn't it?
1: It's a game, and while there's, been, there's a lot of NGOs that are doing good work, these NGOs are the ones actually receiving a lot of this money, taxpayer right. And they're the ones giving the phones out and doing all these things. And many of them aren't even advertising in other countries, along with the cartels, telling people to come here. Why? Because they get more money the more people that come here. So it is a giant game. And uh, like I said already, the American people
2: are the victims in this game. I want to talk about this case that's out of uh, a part of Arizona. It's not in your county, but it's, it's not that far. And by the way, Sheriff Mark uh, Mark Lamp, County, Arizona, get his book, The Adventures of Seymour Clues and Mr. Mouse. You can get it at bravebooks.com, bravebooks.com, or go to his website, americansheriff.com, and see everything that he does. So this guy's name is George Allen Kelly. He's accused of killing an illegal alien named uh, Gabriel um, Butemia, something like that. The guy was from Nogales, Mexico. He'd come across the border multiple times illegally, was sent back multiple times, keeps on coming across. Now, the story that we initially got was that this man killed him, killed the, the illegal alien on his property for fear of his property and his life and his wife and everything else. The story that we're now starting to get is that there were a bunch of armed people on his property. He says they all had long guns and that he shot into the air well over their heads, and he shouldn't be doing that, I get it, but he shoots in the air, which is not a murder charge, and when they all scurried and ran away, later he finds this dead body in his property. Mark, this guy's been arrested on murder charges. He's on a million-dollar bond. He can't get out. He fears that his wife is unsafe now back at the property. So let me dial it back. Here in Texas, where I am, we've got the Castle Doctrine. You come into my house, I can kill you. No questions asked, and that's, by the way, that stops a lot of people from trying to come into my house. Do you have a similar law in, in Arizona? We do have a similar law here in Arizona. While
1: I do not know all the facts of that case, what I do see on the outward is you have a a 73-year-old man with no criminal history being held on a million dollars bond um, on a case that has got some dubious, you know, some questions about it. Uh, And then you have other criminals in Chicago and a lot of other places that are being let out OR or on a a $50,000 bond. Um, we, we, this is the issue is it doesn't seem to be a fair playing field. This man's not going anywhere. He's a, he's been a rancher in that area forever. He's 73 years old. His wife is elderly. And now she's forced to look after the ranch. And I, I think she's got some vision issues. Yes. So we've really just left this lady high and dry. And if you ever listen, if you listen to the guy in the court, he's as nice as could be. He is, he should be what the bond should allow him to get out and continue to be a, a rancher right. while he judicial process but meanwhile we're letting criminals out across america for much more
2: if somebody breaks into my into my house in arizona can i shoot them
1: if you can articulate
2: that you thought your life was in danger
1: of serious physical injury or death or somebody else's absolutely and you know what he's going to have his opportunity to articulate that and i hope that he has and and or that his lawyer has um but a million dollars bail seems excessive and look if there's a question of somebody dying look to go through the process.
2: Mark, let me ask you this, because I know what the Castle Doctrine is here in Texas. Uh, If somebody breaks into my property and I feel my life is uh, is in danger, I can shoot him. If he's in my house, I can just shoot him. That's it. Um, What's the law in Arizona?
1: Well, we do have a similar law. Now, this was on his property and not necessarily in his home, but ultimately you have to be able to articulate whether you thought your life was in danger of serious physical injury or death or somebody else's. Um, So if he can articulate that, then he's going to be okay. And I think as a 73-year-old man, the burden of proof for him is much lower than, let's say, for me. Because he has himself and his elderly wife that he's got to be be cognizant of. So um, it's definitely something that's going to go through the process. My big issue, like I said, is with the bond. I think the bond's a little excessive for who he is and where he's at in the stage of life.
2: We have the Eighth Amendment right to get bail. We have the right to get bail and work on our case, and again, innocent until proven guilty. It appears to me, and I don't know how closely you've watched it, but I'm guessing pretty closely, the judge appears to be somebody who's just not having it, and he's, like, punishing this guy, even though the guy we know is assumed innocent until the state proves otherwise. Right, and
1: like I said, I don't know all the facts, Joe, but on the surface, it has has the appearance of because this guy did something politically against maybe what the judge believes or somebody else believes that his bail may be a little bit more excessive. But um, I don't know all the facts and I don't want to cast that dispersion, but it certainly has that feeling on the surface.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I saw it on Tucker Carlson or something the other night and the judges didn't seem to even care but that's my opinion I don't I'm not asking you to 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 agree or disagree I just want to see how this thing plays out but without a doubt the man should be able to be at his house at his ranch protect his wife and his property because now it's just wide open he was the one yeah. protection that they had. Sheriff Mark Lampanal, County, Arizona, a good friend of ours, go to bravebooks.com, get the adventures of Seymour Clues and Mr. Mouse. You can also stop by his website, americansheriff.com. It, it appears as though, maybe give me just a quick minute on this, Mark. It appears as though the American hunger for seeing something like Live PD is back. Are you still doing things like that on your website? I know that you had a bunch of these, uh, these vignettes and a bunch of these shows, actually, that showed you out there with other sheriffs. I know that there are other shows being picked up elsewhere uh, as well. I mean, that's a good thing, isn't it? It's twofold. You and I have talked about this. One, we get to see how hard the job is and the work that you guys and gals put in. And two, it keeps those who are having cameras following them in check if they might be the small percentage who weren't doing the job right. That's a good thing, isn't it, that we can see it? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Anything I think that promotes the, the profession is great. I'm glad they have On Patrol Live back. I'm all for anything that uh, promotes this profession because the good men and women who put on that badge every day deserve it. So uh kudos to anybody that's out there doing it we've tried to always promote law enforcement and uh, you know you know how i feel about the rule of law and its importance to this country and america so are you seriously thinking about maybe running for senate we are we are i'm actually my wife and i have been uh we're really close to making our final decision and uh i just think arizona needs something like this and uh, uh while i love a lot of the candidates uh consider them great friends uh hopefully Nobody else is running yet from, you know, this side, so hopefully I can be out there and be a good representative if that's the case if we so choose and uh, that the people would be willing to get behind us. But, yeah, we'll be, in the next few weeks, we'll be making some heavy decisions.
2: I hope you do it, no matter what, what you're running for, no matter what you're doing. I know how much you love this country. I know how much you love Arizona. I know how much you love your family. And I would love for you to be there representing that great state. Uh, keep us updated on that. Let's talk again very soon. Mark, I appreciate you taking the time. It's Pinal County Sheriff Mark Lamb. Thanks, the Adventures of Seymour Clues and Mr. Masses' book, bravebooks.com. Go to americansheriff.com. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. Thank you, Joe. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here.
0: This is the Joe Pag Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it
2: Great to have you. Really appreciate having um, Sheriff Mark Lamb on. AmericanSheriff.com is his website, AmericanSheriff.com. I'm going to bring you this story. We talked so much about Hunter Biden last hour, and uh, and the fact is he's probably going to end up in front of the oversight committee at some point. He should be anyway to find out if he was peddling influence of his dad, who was the then vice president, the now president. This is from the New York Post. James Clapper now claims he didn't call Hunter Biden laptop Russian disinformation. Remember, there were 51 either former or current in, uh, intelligence people that signed a letter making it seem as though Hunter Biden's laptop was, had all the telltale signs of Russian disinformation. He's now claiming that he didn't do that. Bruce Golding wrote this on the, uh, at the New York Post. A key signer of the open letter that wrongly suggested the Post bombshell reporting on Hunter Biden's emails was part of a Russian information uh, operation has accused Politico of distorting what we said more than two years after the fact. Former Director of National Intelligence James the Clapper tried Monday, yesterday, to tamp down the growing controversy over the letter that he and 50 other ex-spooks signed after the Post uh, first revealed the existence of the first son's infamous laptop in October 2020. Their public statement now, the subject of investigations, by the Republican-led House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees, was first reported by Politico and later seized on by then-candidate Joe Biden. There was a message distortion, Clapper told the the Washington Post. All we were doing was raising a yellow flag that this could be Russian disinformation. Politico deliberately distorted what we said. It was clear in paragraph 5, he says. These people all just absolutely suck. Let me, let me just go on record saying James the Clapper sucks. He's a liar. Brennan's a liar. Everybody who signed that piece of paper was a liar. They knew what they were looking at was not Russian disinformation. They knew it didn't have the earmarks of Russian disinformation and they knew the FBI had the laptop for a year already so they probably already knew it was really his laptop. Now they're trying to save face. They can all line up, pick a cheek and kiss my ass. Pop culture Boop. Dirty pop. <laughs> Hi, right, Polo. What's going on?
1: So did you see this story about uh, Mattel bringing back Barney?
2: Did not. What's going on with Barney?
1: So they're going to bring him back. Uh, I guess they're, they're going to do a franchise reboot, and it'll start with a new animated TV show. And they've shown, I guess, an image of the new Barney. And people are kind of freaking out because they think he looks kind of scary.
2: Oh, come on. Yeah. You know who loves Barney? Who's that? sand bam look at her that's why she sent the story to us (laughs) (laughs) they better not mess with barney let me just put it that way paul i appreciate that uh sam i appreciate you as well carrie thank you i'm joe we're back tomorrow same time same place see those interviews that you heard on the show last night tonight the day before whenever over at joepags.com click on watch have a good night this is the joe
0: show